So hi everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the podcast. I really hope you're enjoying it so far. So today we have a special guest, someone that is very special to me and I've known for a very, very long time. So the topic of today is cerebral palsy. So let me introduce you to Sam. Hello everyone. Hi, I'm Sam. So hi Sam. Thank you so much for taking part on this podcast. So to no start worries. off with so to start off with, would you be able to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of what you're about? Yeah, so um I'm I'm Sam. Um and as Athena says I have uh, cerebral palsy. Um and I'm a, a wheelchair user, a full-time wheelchair user. Uh but I don't uh, I don't let that stop me. I um yeah I have yeah I have many hobbies and interests uh, including power chair football and I love um cycling on my bike uh, I have a three wheeler tricycle um, I'm very sporty love socializing with friends and family um yeah so I just you know I just it's life's about what you make of it I guess so. Yeah, just try and try and do that. Oh, I'm a university student as well uh, at uh, UCLan doing a, a BA honours acting degree. So, yeah. So would you be able to describe what is cerebral palsy to you? Um, yeah, of course. So cerebral palsy is a, um, a, a bleeding to the brain, uh, normally at birth. Most people yeah. have it from birth. There are cases where people have had had it, uh, an incident that happened to them in their lives that have caused it, but but majority of people have it from birth. And basically it's a, like I said, a bleeding to the brain which affects all four of my limbs. So basically the messaging from my brain to to my, my limbs and my muscles doesn't quite go, doesn't quite go through as it should. So basically... Um, yeah, it just lets like little spots uh, on the br- on my brain that, that stop the messaging from getting through, which affects my um, dexterity. And um, like I say, I'm a wheelchair user. I'm lucky I've got movement in my hands and I can move my legs um, and I can stand holding on to a bar or railing um, and transferring and out my wheelchair and things. But I can't, I just can't walk. Cerebral palsy, like a lot of conditions, is a massive spectrum. So you've got people that might just have it in their little finger, you know, and you wouldn't you wouldn't know um, they had it. Or some people just have a slight limp. Um, and then it ranges to people who, like me, are wheelchair users, but fully able to enjoy a pretty full life. Um, and then you've got people who it affects their their speech, um, and some people can't speak or move really themselves, so they have to be pushed around and in chairs and, and things, and that's that's sad. Um, obviously for in terms of in terms of that, because cause people you know people's life lives can be some severely um severely compromised by by the condition so it's basically just look of the drawer and where the, the where the messaging is affected i mean it's a tiny area of the brain so if you if you looked at people with cp even with severe cp on a scan it would be you know you'd hardly notice it but it's enough to to impact and um, you know people's mobility um, and 
in some cases ability to communicate um i am yeah like i said i'm extremely lucky uh cerebral palsy generally doesn't get any worse although some people can have goliosis on top of of cerebral palsy which is a curvature of the spine but i don't i don't have that um so but yeah so it, my condition doesn't get any worse luckily um i've also got a slight visual impairment that's it's only slight but it's probably my biggest challenge because when i go out and about and um, i can't see drops and curbs and um i i don't have much peripheral vision so I crossing roads I don't always see a yeah see a car coming so um yeah for those of you that want to uh polish me off that's one way to do it yeah give it all the secrets away now but yeah so but yeah I'm very lucky and yeah that's basically basically what what cerebral palsy cerebral palsy mm-hmm. is so were you diagnosed as um from birth or did it take the doctors a little bit longer to figure out that you had cerebral palsy yeah so my my cerebral palsy is quadriplegic the quadriplegic cerebral palsy which means it affects all four of my my limbs and and as far as i'm aware from birth i mean i was born 10 weeks early so i was premature which can cause complications anyway not for everybody and then the bleeding to the brain actually happens quite a lot during during um a birth not 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 all the time but it, it sometimes happens but then the 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 scars if you like can sometimes over a few weeks after the birth can sometimes drain away but what what with cerebral palsy it leaves a leaves a a few spot um on the brain so so they didn't know in answer to your question they didn't know immediately but they said it's it's they could see i had bleeding to the brain but it was just whether it it dissipated and left no no marks if you like and um, so there's certain things my mum and dad had to look out for like whether i crawl whether i did things that a normal baby would do at the stages they do so things like sitting up straight could i sit up would i be able to you know roll over after a few months like babies do my interaction social interaction just looking out for signs of differences and um, so i mean i know because i've seen family videos as embarrassing as some of them are and um, that after uh, after a year or so i I still wasn't able to sit up and, and roll over and then cons- consequently didn't start walking or crawling very quickly or, spe- or speaking and making sounds till I was, you know, two, two and a half. So everything was delayed and then luckily over time I've been able to, I have been able to learn to crawl and uh, especially when I was younger and move about. But yeah, they, they weren't they weren't they weren't sure at first how it would affect me but then after about uh 12 to 8 i think at 18 months i went in for a, a scan because my mum and dad knew there was something not quite right and the doctor said yeah he's got he's got cerebral palsy and then it's just about you know they come and tell how how where, where i'd be at in terms of whether i would be able to talk or whatever they just knew i had it but luckily once i started talking as you can probably tell i, I don't stop very often so what was your earliest memory of having cerebral palsy oh that's a good question um the earliest memory of having cerebral palsy i mean growing up i always 
like because I'd crawl around and other people would be walking about so I think I sensed quite early on from about the age of four that something was different obviously but I didn't know what that was and I get frustrated because I couldn't do the things other children could do um but I think I had a chat with my dad um when I was about six and I said oh, you know what what's different about me why can't I walk around and he said oh you could so he sat me down and he said oh well you've got something called cerebral palsy now obviously I didn't know what that was but he just tried to explain the best he can to a six-year-old bit of what I had. And, yeah, and I didn't really, don't know, yeah, I can't remember it really sinking in. I think I just went, oh, okay. And then as I got older and started to see people playing football and running about and getting into stuff, that's when it probably hit me because I realised I couldn't do the things that, a normal nine, ten-year-old. Well, there's no such word as normal because we're all different, but the average nine, ten-year-old does. So, yeah. So the next section which I wanted to talk about with you is education. So what was it like growing up in high school, college, primary school, what was it like growing up with cerebral palsy? Yeah. Well, I was very lucky, as in, I'll just move my mouse, there we go. Uh, I was very lucky, as in, I went to a school for um, people with um, physical uh, physical disabilities, um, and I was there from the age of two up to the age of 19, um, which I know is an extremely long time, 17 years in the same school. And within the school, they had a, an early years department, a junior department, secondary department, and then also um, sixth form or post 16, as it was called in, uh, in school. And so we... So yeah, and there were only about 120 pupils in the whole school, so it was very small. So you'd see, even as you, as you got older, you went into different departments, you'd often see the teachers that had taught you when you were like four and five, occasionally like going up and down the corridor. And, and so it was very... It was very... It's very was a very close-knit school, and there was a lot education-wise in my early years, it was all about, I mean, when I was two, I used to go in three, two or three days a week just for things like physio and swimming with my mum. And as I got older, obviously, I started full-time. But it was very much in my early days about the physical, building me up physically, me and my classmates, rather than just the the, the learning itself. Uh, we did a petto style of teaching, which was very much uh, about getting our muscles stronger and um, we used to do exercise programs where we'd do crawling and holding onto a little ladders and and bars just to build up the strength and then alongside that I also had physio so we had a physio department that would twice or three times a week would give us physio and stretches and then stand in a standing frame um, and then as I got oh and a hydro pool as well and um, 
which is a pool that's a little bit warmer than a standard pool to relax the muscles because with cerebral palsy I have very tense muscles and then as I got older that that I had physio right away through school, but that became less and less as, you know, you, you hit um, puberty and teenage years, um, where it became a lot more about GCSEs and stuff like that. But especially in my early days, a lot of my, I owe so much to my uh, teachers and, and people that helped me physically build up. So yeah, and then and then yeah, just uh, I had a great time at school. I went to a mainstream school as well, one day a week in primary, um, from year one to year six on a Thursday, um, and that was two different schools. But that was quite difficult because um, yeah, it wasn't easy because being in a mainstream environment, I felt quite an outsider at that point. Um, and there were lots of things that people could do that I couldn't wear uh, at my school and um, at my main school. Uh, I, you know, we were all pretty much on the same level. So physically, so that, that that's where all my great friends were, really. Um, but yeah, no, I, I owe so much to school. And then following on from, I stayed till I was 19, did some GCSEs again that I didn't do very well first time rounded. Um, and then, yeah, went on to a mainstream college. Um, yeah, that's where, where me and Athena, <laughs> Athena met. I'm sure she won't mind saying that. Um, but I, um, I had very much a, um, it was a very much an eye-opener going to college because it was the first time I've been in a full-time mainstream setting. Um, I did a, a a uh, BTEC level two performing arts degree, which I, I loved a mixture of drama and dance. I'd never done dance before, but there we go. How did the college adapt at you doing dancing? Because obviously you couldn't do it in the, in the traditional way. Yeah. yeah, so it was interesting because I'd never done dance before and ideally I would have liked to have gone straight on to level to the level three, uh, straight on to the level three B-Tech, uh, but acting, but uh, yeah, I didn't quite have the, uh, sorry, my door went, but I didn't quite <laughs> have the uh, the grades to, um, to to get straight on to the level three. So the dance came as part of it and they actually put in an extra unit for me to do instead of the dance so they won't put as much pressure on me with the dance and said oh you don't have to do the dance if you don't want to and I was like nope I signed up for drama and dance so I will do drama and dance so yeah so I just adapted really first show um is a great example in dance I did uh we did step in time by Mary Poppins, the song, and we all had, or from the film, I should say, um, we all had uh, chimney sweeps. We were chimney sweeps, and we did a load of movements with the, the chimney sweeps. And I had, because I couldn't hold my chimney sweep and move at the same time, I had a special bracket that went on my chair, and I could just pop my chimney sweep in the bracket, and off I went, so when I needed to move. So it was great. I loved, I loved the dance, but it was quite physically demanding so I decided to go and do the level three acting after the, the year yeah. um but actually it's helped me so much in college in uni because in uni I'm now doing a BA honours acting degree as I mentioned and that's very physical and a lot of movement based so 
yeah, so I loved it. Loved the challenge and the teachers were great. The, my dance lecturer's dad actually very kindly made the bracket for me to go on the wheelchair. Um, so they went above and beyond really to make sure that I was, I was okay. And I was a lot older. I was a bit concerned, but I was a lot older being in a mainstream environment than when I was in primary. So I, I felt more at ease. There are times and times even still now where I feel a little bit on the outside of things, but I think that's just something you, you have to you have to fight against and battle against when you when you yeah. do have diff- difficulties and you are different. You know, there's no getting away from it, but you've got to embrace that. You know, we are the way we are, and if people don't like it, then that's their problem, I guess. What were the main challenges did you face moving away, going to university, such as living on your own? Um, yeah, I mean, just what you said, really, learning yeah. to live away. I've never been yeah. away from home. I've been away from home on residential trips. And at yeah. school, we had a, a place called residential where we could stay over one night a week. But it was very much supported. So living away and having my own flat at uni um, was, was really interesting. I think it was harder for my parents to adjust than it was for me because I'd had to do a lot more in my life than, than an average 21 year old at the time um yeah flipping that getting there getting on <laughs> but uh yeah so living away i have two pas who are brilliant through a company and one does one week uh, another week and they take it in turns but still learning to to be more independent learning to shop for myself i remember the first few shops i went on and i brought enough for about nine people to eat and then it all went off um because i couldn't eat it all so i i was like and i was buying things i already had so learning to budget was was interesting learning to to as well keep an eye on what i was spending because i never had to do it before because good old mum used to do all that and look after all of that so yeah did you find it easy making friends when you moved to uni? Um, well, I'm a very sociable person, <laughs> naturally. Um, yeah, Athena's nodded like, yeah, I, I, I know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, no, I, it, it was harder than I anticipated it was going to be because everybody's come from different backgrounds. I'm a very open person, but I think because I'm naturally a little bit different to a lot of people, yeah. that my first wheelchair user on the course, it's it hasn't been easy to make friends um, or as easy as I'd like it to have been. Uh, and I have at times suffered from a little bit of isolation um, as well, but you know it's i i'm you know i have got friends at uni especially my flatmate but um yeah it's it's been harder than i i anticipated um but i i managed to keep keep my social life going maybe not quite to the level i'd like but yeah and i, I think it's on in, you've got to recognize that and try and do something about it because, yeah, for anybody out there who's at uni and struggles to, well, not that I struggle to socialise, but struggles to feel like they fit in, it is something I've realised that you have to keep working at. 
and as something I thought had progressed from my um, mainstream primary school days, but actually it comes back at times and you just have to, yeah, put yourself out there. And, you know, I think it's hard for people because not everybody knows how to react or, you know, some people have never been around people, a person with physical disabilities to my extent or whatever. So, yeah. No, it's not been easy socially. I'd be, I'd be lying if I said, oh, yeah, it's been a, a smooth ride. Um, but, yeah, but it's it's a, a constant work in progress. Um, yeah. Cool. So moving on, I want to look at accomplishments and achievements. So what would you say is your proudest moments or your biggest achievements so far? Hmm. <laughs> Oh dear, uh, that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, well, it might sound a bit of a cliche, but getting to uni is definitely one of them. Because yeah. I never thought growing up that uni would be possible. Because I've always had to grind at things. I know a lot of people people do. Um, but yeah, I was always told growing up, not in a negative way, but my teachers always thought Sam's got the, the perfect attitude for uni. But whether with everything else physically I had to contend with and stuff, whether I'd be able to get there. And I did. I, I'm still surprised I'm here now. I remember getting my college grades or starting to put together and they predicted what I was going to get halfway through my last year and they were like right I think you need to start thinking about uni and I was like what I'm never gonna get the grades to go there and they were like yep I think you are and you're like now I just try and enjoy it because I've always put pressure on myself but yeah getting to uni and my sister is the only person in our family that's ever been to uni so I thought well at least my sister's got there she's older than me and here I am, which is a, still a surprise. I still have to pinch myself. I'm sure somebody's going to wake me up in a minute. But And then, oh, my personal... Per, uh, so that's educational, uh, just because so many people helped me to get there as well through school, especially through school and then through college. And I had an environment where I could pry, uh, thrive in. Uh, biggest achievement in my life. Hmm. There's, there's a few, but I'd have to say, I'd have to say the first time, the first time I did 16 miles on my bike for a, a, a charity bike ride for school and I trained and I, yeah, and I, I, yeah, I wasn't sure I could do it. And then when I finally did do it, um, I was like, I was absolutely shattered <laughs> after, after doing it. And I've done it since, and actually it's a lot easier now. But the first time I did it, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not sure I can get to the end. I can't remember the last two miles of the, the bike ride, but... I bet it felt was... amazing, like, finishing, and you were like, yes, I've done it. Yeah, yeah, because you, I mean, I'm a very, very determined person, but you always doubt you. You know, especially when yeah. you know, I've done loads of training, and um, yeah, and my legs are, were probably because I don't walk, they're quite well, they're, they're not the most muscly legs in the world. <laughs> but I am, um, but I've done loads of training and was physically as fit as I'd, I'd been. So, next, we're looking at the future. I think this will be the last um, section in this episode. So, what are your hopes and dreams for the future? close and far 
my my hopes and dreams well to become a, a professional actor yeah is definitely one of them it's a really hard industry to do because there's a lot of talented people out there as i've learned a lot of talented people and a lot of healthy competition but i'd love to become a professional actor whether that's in stage or screen or both and um, yeah but we'll wait and see but that's that's definitely my my main one of my main goals and um, to put represent my country England at Powerchair Football uh, I'd love I absolutely want to be in in England England international especially as my dad's now become an international referee before I become an international player so that would be so cool he rubs that in a bit, so I need to, <laughs> I need to, need to get back and just make the most of each day. Really, enjoy, enjoy life. Stay grounded. Stay well balanced. Um, you know, enjoying the time with friends and family. We, as far as we know, we only get one life, so just to make the most of it and and see where where life takes me. I think. Yeah, I think that sounds amazing, Sam. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Sam. Oh, no worries. Thank you, everyone, for listening to me ramble on for <laughs> however long I ramble on for. Is there anywhere where people can find you, social medias? Yeah, so, uh, well, I'm on, I'm on, yeah, I'm on, I am on Facebook, uh, yeah, uh, Sam Taylor. There's a lot of Sam Taylors out there, but, uh, yeah. You should should be able to find me on there. And um, I do have I do have Instagram. I'm not massive on yeah. social media. As Athena can, <laughs> can probably say, the amount of times she's messaged me and I've not checked my messages <laughs> on social media. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I also I don't mind giving my 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 you know email address out there if people want to get in touch. So get, get a bit like, of advice on on um cerebral palsy and like what's it all about yeah if there's anybody yeah. out there so my my email address is all lowercase sam.taylor75 at hotmail.co.uk and maybe athena could pop that in there i don't know if you have a chat section or whatever in your on your channel but you could probably feel free to pop that on your your channel as well and i'll give you my other platforms and yeah but thank you everyone thank you and if you enjoyed this podcast i'd love it if you could subscribe down below on whatever platform you're on i'd really love it and i'll see you in the next episode bye